Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Dearest listener, allow me to unveil a delightful secret. Snag Tights Craft Clothing that embraces every body shape. In a bold endeavor to revolutionize the fashion realm, Snag has triumphed. Permit me to draw your attention to the ingenious Chub Rub Shorts, crafted with moisture-wicking yarn, promising to keep you at least one degree cooler and utterly free from the discomfort of chafing. Free shipping on select orders. Thus, the more you snag, the more you save. Do not delay. Dear listener, experience the fashion revolution that is snag and visit snagtights.us today. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Katie's Crib. In this episode, oh, I'm very excited because we're talking about food, which was a very crazily and weirdly stressful thing to me. Transitioning to solid foods for Albie and for me was super stressful. And I, I feel like parents and moms, obviously they want to give their child the best, the tastiest, the most nutritious meals. And I was so overwhelmed. I didn't know where to start. Do you go with prepackaged baby food? Do you go the DIY route and you make it yourself? I have this wonderful friend named Talia Moore, who is sitting here with me. And we actually first met because you taught my baby class. What? Yes. Childbirth education. Yes. Talia taught me Childbirth education at Beanie Birth, mm-hmm. which is this awesome. I don't even know how you would describe it. I say it's a birth center or a center of birth because there's a lactation consultant, there's midwives, there's mummy and me classes. And you are also a doula, right? Yes. Whoa. Okay, so Talia is very knowledgeable on babies. You're also a mom yourself. I am. How old is your daughter? She's three. And if you've noticed, guys, Talia has a very sexy accent. Where are you from, Talia? Very far down south, uh, Australia. <laughs> Where in Australia? Uh, Melbourne. Amazing. And does your daughter have like the coolest Australian name ever? What is it? No, it's Mayani. It's What's it's that? Hebrew Abolition. and Hindu. What? Yeah. It's, that the is Hebrew amazing. is me. The Hindu is my husband. What? So, yeah. Say the name again. Mayani. Mayani. 
Oh, that is freaking beautiful. Thank you. Um, you guys should all know that on top of Tali Moore being a very fancy teacher and doula at Beanie Birth, she also is the owner of Tummy Time, which is spelled T-H-Y-M-E. We're going to put a link to it on Cribs Notes, where she makes handcrafted baby food delivered to families. And guys, let me tell you, Talia has a stand at the Studio City Farmer's Market every Sunday, and the line is around the corner for this baby food that you make. And I was like, God, I've always wanted to do an episode about food uh, because it was such a stressful thing for me. And you are just the first person that came to my mind to talk to you about this. So let's get back, let's get into your personal life. What was your relationship with food like before you were, when you were a kid? I Like, were you raised on DIY food? Like, did your mom make food? Like, what? My mom actually owned a catering company at, at some point. Um, and she had a focus on Australian bush cuisine. So what? like super random spices and herbs like um, Kwandong, Lily Pilly, um, not like household spices what? and herbs. So she very quirky sense of cooking my mum has. So I grew up eating really um, interesting food, but also the area that we live in Melbourne is very multicultural. Uh-huh. And so... I mean, I don't, by yeah, so I don't even things. actually, so people ask me, what did you grow up eating in Australia? I'm like, pho, uh, you know, Thai food, Middle Eastern. I don't even know exact. I mean, other than my mum's, the food that my mum was cooking yes. um, for her catering company, it was very cultural. Cult- mixed yes, and like, yes. Oh, that's so cool. Very, yeah. Um, so my question to you is when do you switch a baby to solid foods? This is very like controversial, mm-hmm. right? What is your advice on that? Well, I mean, I think, I think what's most important, there's, there's so many myths, I don't even know where to start. I know, it's a huge um, question. And like I said, guys, this, was, this is a huge episode because this was super freaking stressful to me. Like once I got the breastfeeding down and I was doing that, I was like, oh wait, shit. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to solid foods. Like, how do you do that? And choking and like mm-hmm. diarrhea and like what's going to happen? Like, I just got a handle on breastfeeding mm-hmm. or formula or whatever you're doing. So, when is the time? So, what I would say is first of all, it depends where you live in the world. Mm-hmm. So, for us in the US, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, Somewhere between sort of the four to seven month mark mm-hmm. is what pediatricians will say. Right. Um, here's the, the number one myth. The introduction of solids is actually a developmental milestone. It's not a weight milestone. It's developmental. So for each baby, that's going to be slightly different. Mm. There's these myths like, oh, I've got a larger baby. He must be hungry. He needs more food. But actually, larger babies often are a little bit slower with those cues that say they're ready. Like they find it harder to hold their head up. Mm. So, uh, which is one of the really important cues, you know, to begin food. food. So um, it's a developmental milestone. So things that you're looking out for include... A baby that can hold their head up, a baby that can sit unassisted, a baby that's reaching for food, showing an interest in food, a baby that's using, you know, has the ability to grasp an object and bring it to their hand, which is called the palmer grasp. Um, oh, a palmer grasp. So that's yes. if the baby can pick up food and br- like pick bring up something it, and put it to their exactly, mouth is a big, exactly. is a big developmental milestone yes. that is needed for eating. Sure. Definitely. Um, the loss of the thrust reflex where they push food out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. So they need to be able to swallow 
the food. Right. Um, so, yeah, th- so these these are very important miles, you know, So that's cues. what's crazy about this whole food thing is, like, it's a mother sort of instinctual thing where it's, like, if you're seeing your baby obviously mm-hmm. sitting up, you're drinking a glass of water and the baby's, like, pawing at your glass like crazy and, like, mm-hmm. really wants to try it or, you know, something like that. And, like you said, they keep putting toys in their mouth. Mm-hmm. They obviously have that palmer grasp situation. And it's also, you know, we we get so many questions about, oh, you know, my baby's not sleeping through the night. He must be hungry. You know, this is around like the four to six month uh, or let's say around four months, which is actually there's uh, often sleep, there's a little regression, but that's mm-hmm. due to some, a different milestone. But often people will associate that with my baby needs solids, but actually you should wait until your baby is showing all of these cues because it's not to do with sleep. The the interruption of sleep or a baby waking and not being able to go back to sleep is actually a baby's inability to soothe themselves. It's not about food. About food. Yeah, see, I've I heard a lot of this from friends around this that four month sleep regression where they're like, well, clearly clearly they're waking up in the night because they're not getting enough calories in the day. So they're mm-hmm. let's feed them, let's feed them, let's feed them. I personally waited till six months to even try food mm-hmm. again because I was so fucking stressed out that I just mm-hmm. kept pushing it off. Like I was like, I don't want to. And then by six months, I was it was much more of an experimentation than it was eating food by any way, shape, form. I kept and do you think that that's okay? Yeah, I mean the the like the initial the initial um, introduction is the focus really should be on exploration and play, right? Mm. Having said that though, um, what do they say? Before one is just for fun, mm. you know, which is somewhat true, but also from about six months of age, a baby's iron levels drop. And so you want babies at that point, even if they're just smearing the food all over their face and getting the tiniest bit in their mouth, great opportunity to get some of that iron in there, mm. you know, by using an iron-rich food like meat or, mm. you know, mm. leafy greens or something. Broth, bone broth. Exactly, like exactly. Mm. So, um, no, but yeah, it should be on fun and play. And I think that, you know, from my conversations going around to mummy and me groups and chatting with, you know, parents about how stressful this period of time can be when really if you're following your baby's natural cues – it's very straightforward mm. and it should be easy, mm. you know. Mm. But if if you're feeling anxiety or stressed, your baby picks up on that. And remember these first couple of years, you're really shaping your child's relationship with food for life. And that's A little bit why of pressure. I'm so fucking stressed out. <laughs> People keep fucking telling me that like, I mean, I literally just have a peanut butter and jelly bread eating monster. Like... This kid is like like me. I ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for 10 years every single day. Um, but, but we'll get we, to there. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because basically, again, I use Katie's crib as my way to figure out how to best parent Albie. <laughs> okay, you guys. So I know we've been talking about transitioning babies to solid foods, but really quick, I want to talk to you guys about something super cool that has helped me save so much money while I shop for the prepackaged baby food. <laughs> I told you guys about it last week and I'm telling you again, you have got to try it. It is free. Yes, I said free app called Drop. Very easy. It's spelled D-R-O-P. And it's where moms like us can shop at Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, Target, etc., etc. And you get points for shopping. I love me some points. So all you have to do, it's really easy. You got to link your debit or credit card to the app when you sign up. 
and then you easily gain the points woo -woo, every time you shop. So I benefit the most from all my coffee runs at Starbucks, for example, all my Ubers to friends' houses, diapers, formula I get at Target, and then later I redeem for gift cards at all of my favorite places. So it is seriously, it is my new favorite app and I want to share the wealth and I'm giving you guys, all my listeners, a $5 Starbucks gift card immediately when you sign up. So all you gotta do is sign up and you get a $5 Starbucks gift card and you link your card by using the code Katie's Crib, spelled K-A-T-I-E-S-C-R-I-B. Make sure you check it out, you guys. You will love it. You're welcome. Go get your Starbucks on. Okay, let's get back to Katie's Crib. What kind of foods do you recommend people try first? So this is interesting because even when um, I started feeding my daughter two and a half years ago, when she was six months, uh, so much has changed in the information, even just in these last couple of years. Um, and that's based on, particularly in the US, um, pediatricians and pediatric nutritionists have said, like, what's going on here in America? We have such high rate of allergies. We have obesity. We have, you know, um, all of this going on. And yet in other parts of the world, we're yeah, not the seeing this. thing is insane. Exactly. Like, it's like, whoa. So initially, you know, you were supposed to, or, or a few years ago, you were not supposed to introduce the allergens until much later. Now they're saying, actually, that's one of the first things that you should be doing is introducing these allergens, um, you know, repetitively, you should be introducing them. So things, research has changed. Now, um, the pediatric nutritionist that we work with for tummy time um, was just saying to me, you know, really tell your parents variety, variety, variety. You know, keep trying different things. It doesn't matter what you start with within reason, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Don't start with like steak. Chili. <laughs> or chili. Or yeah. like a bean, right? That yeah. Thing, right. Well, right. yeah, but... Um, what did you start with? Well, I started with... So with, with my daughter, I actually initially, the first few weeks was pretty... I'm pretty anxious mm -hmm. by nature same so <laughs> so initially I was doing the and our pediatrician had said do the three one ingredient wait three days so and I love lists. wait explain what that is oh okay because I did not do this this did okay. nothing but stress me out but okay go for it. so I was told by our pediatrician um to introduce one singular ingredient for three days in a row and then to introduce a new one for three days in a row because then that's how you know they don't way. have an allergic reaction to it correct However, I have since learned, uh, learned that um, a lot of pediatricians don't recommend doing that anymore and that that's oh, not good. the ha -ha, way. I didn't do that. <laughs> and actually, that's not the way in which the rest of the world introduces solids, you know. Really? So for me, I was just saying I love lists. So I like, I, I, every three days I would add a new vegetable or fruit to the list. So mm -hmm. I had this like long list of the order of which I introduced food to my yanny for God knows what reason mm -hmm. I, I have this list. Um, and I remember FaceTiming my sister in Australia who had a baby a week after me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she, my nephew, same age as my daughter, um, was, she was holding a lamb shank and he was sucking on it. Meanwhile, I'm on like... Wow the third day of plain zucchini, you know, and he's like sucking on this delicious, you lamb know, shank. Wow. lamb shank. So, um, and that just got me thinking like, 
okay, so that it doesn't have to be this way. And my yeah, family no in Australia the world is making lists on like peach, peach, yeah, peach. Exactly. Okay, let's add in peach avocado, <laughs> peach avocado, peach avocado. Right? Okay, let's add. I had friends doing that, and I was like, this is so fucking stressful to me. Like, yeah. I cannot. Like, I would give him avocado for a few meals, and I'm like, this poop's the same. Yeah. He seems happy. Okay, we good. Moving on to the next. Like, I just didn't, I was like, let's, he'll let me know if something totally. is fucked up. And with severe allergies, you don't need to wait three days to know if your child has a severe allergy. It's like you know that. right away. It's straight away. Um, so, yes, there are some pediatricians that are still quite conservative, but a lot of pediatricians are now saying variety, doesn't matter what order, um, go This with is another big nutrients. thing. People say, try. What about the people who are like, do vegetables first? Because as soon as you do fruity sugars, your kid's going to be sugar addicted. Is that true? Well, no, because a um, couple of reasons. First of all, carrots have almost the same amount of sugar as apple. So, okay. But also, babies are naturally sweet lovers. So they're always going to go towards... Pear. Right. So, yeah. So I think that that's a little bit of a, a falsity, falsehood. Whatever it is, I'll take it because good yeah. Lord, I'm like, I, yeah. I do have some good friends who are like, you know, well, I don't think it's a bad, but, but the, you know, they, they don't take out the applesauce or something like that until the kid has gotten through, you know, started the meal with some vegetables and maybe mm-hmm. like a protein of some sort and then have a, because as soon as they even see the apple come out, it's like everything else goes on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which is like, hey, I get it. I'd rather the apple too. Um, can you tell us about tummy time? Yes. Yes, So please. tummy time... Is delicious. I warn you Thank all you. that adults kind. will like it as well. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, so tummy time sort of happened by chance. I was, I was in a mummy and me group, um, which uh, around six months of age... Um, and each week, the, the woman that was leading the class would ask us all to share what we were feeding our kids because we were all at that sort of uh, introduction of solid stage. And week after week, we would go around and parents were like, you know, the mums were like, I don't know, I'm doing avocado again. There was one mum who was so anxious about um, nitrates and so anxious about um, what to feed her kid that was appropriate that she was just buying pre-packaged jars of like carrot, pre-packaged jars of like, you know, beans, stuff like that. Um, And then I would share what I was making. And I was making, I was like roasting plums with ginger and... Oh um, my, that sounds delicious. Like there was, it was at the time it was, I think there were cherries and I was, I was, yeah, I was roasting cherry. I was, it was just so yum what I was making. And I think as I, as we would go around the circle and I was sharing these, delicious meals. She would have one bite. I would have one bite. And it was a sh- this shared experience. Um, so one of the mums, shout out to Ginger, actually said to me, um, begged me if I, if I would double batch what I was making because she wasn't into cooking and yeah. didn't have time. She was working. Sure. So, I, so I started, after a couple of weeks of sort of encouragement from the other mums, I started sending out an email of what I was planning on making for my yanny that week that I'd gotten, the produce I'd gotten from the farmer's market, um, and they would send back their orders. So I would cook during the week, and my way of cooking enough food for everybody and having it still 
you know, um, fresh, and, fresh good, and good was to freeze it so that they could come pick up their little bags of cubes um, and take it home. And my husband, you know, also Australian, loves his uh, liquor, had a lot of whiskey ice cube trays. Amazing. So and those are I bigger, would, yeah, they're bigger, big they're four ounce. Sets, yeah. right. So I was freezing in, in whiskey ice cube trays. Um, and then on a Sunday, all these families would come and collect their food for the week. Um, and then within a few months, I was feeding multiple mummy and me groups and it got too much. We actually, my husband said to me, I'm, I'm pulling the plug. I'm going to start dropping the food off because I don't want all that. Like it was too much. People like your entire day. day on Sunday was just yeah, filled people, with families coming and it was lovely. It was very mm-hmm. community and beautiful, but they got a point that it was like, we wanted to go do something and we had people waiting for, pe- for people to come and collect yeah. their food. So, so tummy time really began that way. Um, and really the, the whole concept of it is that baby food should be delicious. It, you know, babies are exposed, this, this is so cool, babies are exposed to their first tastes whilst in utero. Yeah. So what are mum's eating? The spices and herbs that she's eating are actually flavoring her amniotic fluid. So in India, these babies are, are experiencing curry and turmeric and mm-hmm. ginger and asafoetida and like all these awesome spices. Um, and then they're born, they go to mum's breast mm-hmm. and mum's breast milk is then flavored with what she's eating. They're getting, you know, notes of garlic and all of this stuff. So we go from flavor, flavor, flavor to you get carrots steamed for three days. Mm-hmm. Carrot, carrot, carrot. You know, it's, it's, it's like these babies have taste buds. <laughs> You know, so um, it, when, we, when we decided to really make this a business, we went and tried some of the really highly processed jars. And I couldn't even, like no offense, but I don't want to eat some of that stuff. It just wasn't palatable to me. So if I'm not going to eat it myself, how can I in good conscience, conscience give it to my child? And I'm not even talking about the fact that these are highly processed, mm. you know, and that you're, you're, you're raising your child uh, or you're you're teaching your child that highly processed food is the norm, mm. which you know it's there for a reason, but it shouldn't. It's not the gold standard because right. not only is it culturally bland, there's no asafoetida or ginger mm. in baby food jars that are sitting on a you know or pouches sitting on a years, shelf yeah. for, for a few years. Um, there's no texture transition, so you know um, this is going to take me off on a whole other other route but um you know babies have to transition into different into into chunkier textures to learn yeah they to start choose. with the smoothest yes. so you guys know they start with the smoothest baby food that's almost like a liquid still and yes. then gradually you get chunkier and chunkier and Correct. chunkier until they're learning how to swallow a truly solid not blended that's thing. if you're doing spoon feeding but if you're mm. doing baby led weaning they they yeah so ba- so they no. no, I don't mean to say they, but I mean in baby led weaning, um, Which, the approach. Explain what that is. So baby led guys, weaning, like I'm saying, food is the biggest, most <laughs> fucking overwhelming thing. This almost killed me. I read the baby led weaning book. Yeah. I was scared, petrified, but it's what I did. Mm-hmm. Thank God. 
Well, if, you, if you're going to do the baby led weaning route, you need to educate yourself on the difference between choking and gagging because yep. it's actually very normal for babies to gag and it's good because then they learn next time, oh, I'm going to be more careful so and I'm going to... baby lead weaning is essentially like instead of going up in baby jar... Okay, so baby jars, the ones that are mm-hmm. sh- on shelves, mm-hmm. are leveled in numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six, as far mm-hmm. as their level of chunky is concerned mm-hmm. so that the baby is slowly learning how to swallow. I had a lot of mom friends have to do that because they were completely... They loved the idea of baby lead weaning, which essentially means... You give the baby adult food and they like kind of gnaw on it and teach themselves. I mean, I gave him a broccoli that's mm-hmm. a certain, you can read the book. We'll put a link to it, baby mm-hmm. like weaning, but they hold a broccoli head mm-hmm. and they sort of learn how to chew it. My mom flipped out that I was doing this, like so upset when I give him a, a banana to just mm-hmm. eat himself. Like she was like, he's going to choke. He's going to die. This is a nightmare. Now the first couple of times he coughed something up, I was like shaking, mm-hmm. so scared. But you're right. It was probably only three or four times he ever did that. And then yeah. he learned how to, like, never choke. He learned mm-hmm. what he could do. Yeah. Is that, I mean, is that what yeah, you think? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, I, di- I didn't do baby led weaning the first time. Well, I've only had one time, yeah. so <laughs> ask me after the second. But, but because I'm anxious, you yeah. know, by nature, right. I'm like, This was the so, same with a lot of my friends so in my group. It, you know, I mean, my sister was doing that. Yeah, that's you know why he was well, gnawing on yeah, lambshake. Exactly. Right. But, um... So here's the thing, and, it, and it, it's the same with when I teach childbirth education classes and we talk about labor. It's the same thing with, you know, solids. Do what is going to make you feel most at ease because mm. that's going to create the most positive outcome. And ultimately, who cares if you did purees? Who cares if you did baby yeah. led weaning? Your kid's not going to remember, but your kid will remember the energy that was around that meal and they will remember your face. You know, if you're sitting there looking petrified, your child is taking that on, Mm. you know, but if you're totally at ease, no matter what method or approach you take, your child is absorbing that and taking that on. Mm. And ultimately, what, what is the end goal here? The end goal here is we're, we're raising a human being that loves food. And you has know, a wonderful and relationship food, with and has, food. Yeah, and has a wonderful relationship with food. Mm-hmm. And that begins from the start, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a very important legacy as a parent, you know, to, to get your child off on the right foot. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Dearest listener, in a world where fashion oft neglects the true diversity of the human form, Snag emerges as the beacon of inclusivity we so desperately need, renowned for their exquisite tights. Snag has triumphantly expanded its offerings to include garments that embrace everybody. Snag's creations are meticulously designed on a lifelike figures and refined across a spectrum of shapes before gracing our wardrobes, clothing that not only promises but delivers true comfort and fit, particularly of note other chub rub shorts ingeniously crafted with a moisture wicking yarn to ensure you remain at least one degree cooler and entirely free from the dreaded chafing perfect for every season these shorts can be discreetly worn under your clothes offering a delightful alternative to traditional cycling shorts whether you are at the gym hiking or simply enjoying a day in a skirt or dress they are your ideal companion remember dear listener the more you snag the more you save with free shipping on select Orders. Don't delay in experiencing the fashion revolution that is snag at snagtights.us. Now, I've definitely been in this situation. We, we talked, touched on like, you know, the prepackaged processed foods at the grocery store. I mean, we have 100% relied on that many a time. Like, yeah. you know, even though he was on solid foods, there were days where his teeth were all coming in and he was like, literally would bite down and scream his head off. And so I would grab one of those packets, you know what I mean? And he would eat vegetables mm-hmm. that way because I definitely was not someone that was going to grind up a zucchini. I, I don't cook. Let, let's just let that be known, <laughs> Katie's Crib listeners. I do not cook. I do not know how. Um, but I am definitely a lion at, at tummy time at Studio City Farmers Market. But so... What are some of the red flags for people to look out for? Like if if those sort of packets or jars are the way that you're deciding to go, that's the least amount of anxiety for you, or mm-hmm. you're in a bind and it's not a staple, but you do use them once in a while, what what are the red la- what are the red flags? So before I answer that question, I just want to say, like I also use them. Absolutely no shame yes. in using them, mm-hmm. please. Um, you know, I have people coming up to the farmer's market and they're like, oh, I feel terrible. You know, all my kid ate this week was processed stuff. And I'm like, you fed your child. Good for you. You're fucking awesome. Like, go be proud of yourself. You know, they're there for a reason and they're awesome in a pinch, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Yes, I, I do think that they're not the gold standard, but absolutely we all use them in a pinch and that's what they're, they're great for. Um, 
I would say it comes down to information and education. In order for a carrot from the farmer's market to survive two years on a shelf, something had to happen to that carrot. Okay, so, so even if it says organic on that yeah. pouch or whatever, if, that, if it's not in a refrigerator and it's two plus years old, something happened to that sweet little carrot, mm-hmm. okay? So it's just understanding that the, the further away a food is from its original uh, form, <laughs> the, more press it, the more processed it is. The more processed, the less amount of nutrients, mm-hmm. okay? So at this very young age when babies have such small tummies, it is really important that they are getting a good quality uh, or, or enough of those key nutrients. So coming back to your question, red flags, what to look out for. My suggestion is, you know, um, choose, choose uh, pouches that are not just fruit and vegetables. Choose ones that have an animal protein in it or a grain or a legume, or something that's a little bit more... Um, Uh, wholesome you know there's more nutrients in there for the baby Um, have a look at the ingredients lists this is something that like totally honestly working in uh, food manufacturing now I am like fairly horrified by what you are yeah seeing behind the curtain that's for damn sure it is amazing I want to know this well it's just amazing how you can hide information you know oh my god and or, or not even just hide, it's kind of in pure sight, in, in plain, sight. plain sight, but you don't realize. You know, some of the um, pouches and jars, they have, like their ingredients will say, you know, apple puree rather than just apple. apple. So what that tells me is that was probably purchased from another country or elsewhere in big vats of pre-made puree and they've just repackaged it and mixed it into their own container so now again we're talking about how far away this apple is from its original form good lord so far so you know um so yeah coming back to no shame i certainly have used them in a pinch Mm -hmm. but um you know not the gold standard if you do have to use them try and find one that has a variety of flavors and has something you know, either a protein, a quinoa, yeah, quinoa, legume, bean, yeah, yeah, something, yeah. That's really good to know. What the other thing I just want to throw out is the puffs. We see a lot of babies eating the puffs. Um, Choose those puffs, and they're great, Mm -hmm. you know, particularly teething babies that want to like gum something, they're, they're great. When you're buying them, choose one that is not just a rice or a carbohydrate. You can get ones that have peanut butter. Yeah. Or, you know, like a bumba, for example. We go through bumbas yeah. like it's a problem. Bumbas are a Trader Joe's. They're incredibly affordable. They're a peanut butter flavored mm-hmm. Cheeto. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Corn highly puffs. processed, yes. And but if you're going to do it, at least it's protein and yeah. your... your um, That's our plane go-to. Every yeah. plane we're on, like, mm-hmm. you know, a, I bring them if we have like a restaurant out situation mm-hmm. where he's in a high chair... And I know it's going to be a minute until that food comes. I will break those bombas into like four pieces mm-hmm. to just really keep them occupied until the fucking food gets there. <laughs> but like, yeah, they're great. Yeah. 
Um, that's good to know because it's peanut butter, not just corn. Yeah. Obviously, if you have, if your kid has an allergy or you're high, mm. a high risk of an allergy, then mm. Bumba's not for you. But just look at the ingredients and try and choose one that has more than just a carbohydrate listed as the ingredient. Mm. Can you tell me what mealtime is like in your family? Yes. What is it like? Do you guys all sit together? Do you um, eat on like a schedule? Tell me. Well, goodness, life has changed. Um, (laughs) We try and eat at the same time as our daughter, which often means if we eat out, we're the first people in the restaurant at 5 o'clock. Same here. We're there at like (laughs) 4.30. We're there waiting for the doors to open. Yeah, same. Um, So I'm so, I mean, this is, this is, when you talk about like educating yourself, I'm so grateful for this business for myself Mm. because meal, I think had I taken, if if I didn't have this information, there would be a lot of power struggles going on at this age that I don't have, which I'm very grateful for. So um, we do try and eat together as a family. It's not always possible. We do, we do it when we can do it. We, we eat the same food. Yeah, see, so, this is fucking huge, you guys. I've just read, who just told me there's this documentary right now that says basically like the kids' menu on in restaurants is the greatest downfall of like mm-hmm. America. That like the fact that you give your child, if you go out, the choices for that kind of thing. Because really what you're trying to teach your kids, my mom, for example, when she comes and be- when I bring Albie to go visit my mom, she'll be like, what should I buy for the kid? And I'm like, just whatever we're all eating because I'm trying to hopefully teach him that like we're all going to sit down and have this dinner that's been planned like for the whole family I don't want to make something extra or special or different mm-hmm. for you because you don't eat x y or z I'm hoping mm-hmm. that we can all just like eat dinner whatever that is for all of us and that it's just healthy and whole for all of us mm-hmm. um that will probably end because I was also a child that like only ate peanut butter and jelly macaroni and cheese, but okay. (laughs) So you are doing the same thing. So, so yeah, I mean, this is, so something that I read, which has really changed my approach is that first of all, don't be a short order cook. If you're a short order cook, Meaning, if your child won't eat what you've put in front of them, you're going to go back to the kitchen and make something else. Oh, fuck. This is what I then, do. Please explain. Yeah. Please explain. So, so, so how can you then really expect that your child's going to grow out of that if that becomes habitual? Yeah. You know, like, oh, I don't have to eat this because she's just going to go get me the thing that I want. So I'm just going to hold out. I am a out. short motherfucking order cook. <laughs> so, so you want to avoid that. So here, here are some... So you just So this them. is what we do. Okay. So... I love those plates that have little com- compartments because it forces me to fill them all mm-hmm. with different things. Mm-hmm. So I, every meal, I fill each compartment or even on a plate, like just put lots of little things out um, of what we're eating. So one compartment might be broccoli. One might be, if we're having bolognese, some bolognese. One might be chopped up carrots, chopped up tomato, mm-hmm. some avocado, some cheese, whatever. So I put that in front of her. Mm -hmm. She eats what she eats. She doesn't eat what she doesn't eat. I don't make a comment. She gets no praise. She gets no criticism. She eats what she wants to eat. Fucking shit. That's That's right, you guys. No praise. No praise. That's really important. So here's the thing also. Having, giving any response to what they eat, positive or negative, is not helpful. You want to stay neutral because what you're really trying to do is raise a child that can 
monitor their own likes and dislikes and can also monitor their own sense of fullness and hunger. So, okay. The important thing here is to have a neutral response because then the baby themselves independently will figure out what they like, what they don't like, and when they're hungry and when they're full. Correct. So by, for example, I read this, I think it's from, and I highly recommend guys, this website, you should put it up. It's Yes, it's going to be on Katie's um, Will you send me the link? I will send you the link. It's the Ellen Satter Institute. She has such amazing tips on there. Um, Now I've forgotten the tip. (laughs) <laughs> it's called mom brain it's um, a real I've fucking thing tip, but it's a great website but you know what you were telling about. me before which was people who grow up and can't remember meal time mm-hmm. are the kids that are most likely to not have any sort of eating problems you guys what's so overwhelming i think what was so stressful to me about the food stuff and why it's setting up their relationship with food for the rest of their life is because there is so much connected with food in this country about like you didn't finish your plate or oh, one more bite yes. or you're not allowed to leave the table until you're finished or moms being constantly talking about I'm on a diet, I'm not eating this, I'm eating that and giving their, having their children really understand that sort of thing. You were telling me that there's a, like people who grow up and just don't even really remember mealtime or no, you were telling me that story about there was a family who always bickered around the dinner table and it was a big like place for fighting and that can relate to food also. Oh, see so guys, this is so fucking stressful. Oh my so, God. so I wanted to go back to what, what you said, which, yes. is, which is so um, important, which is that, you know, the whole just have one bite, just one more bite or... Um, if you have one bite, I'll reward you with this. Oof, so here's we did the pro- a lot of that in my house. So here's the problem with the just have one more bite thing. As you and I have days when we're ravenous and days when we're just not hungry, so do babies. They have days when they're going through major growth spurts and days when they're just not really very hungry or they're teething or they feel sick. Um, by you saying to your child, you need to have one more bite, what you're teaching them is external factors such as your mother know more about your sense of hunger and fullness than you do. Mm. And what you want to do is you want to teach your child to monitor their own sensations. Mm. You know, you want to empower them to say, I'm really not hungry today, so I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to force feed myself to make somebody else happy. Mm. You know, so that whole one more bite thing or... Or praise. Or the praise, of yes. Like, you ate a bite, which I totally do. So here's the thing with that is that what you tr- also want to avoid is you go into the sort of picky eating phase, which you should know is actually a developmental milestone. Can you t- explain that to us, please? I can indeed. Because I'm so scared when this happens. So, so sort of like six months to two years is the honeymoon period for, for food because babies are going through such massive growth. And then from about two years, it slows down. Um, and that's typically when picky eating sort of, or selective eating sort of peaks. Mm -hmm. So, so I like your vocabulary change. We're not saying picky eating. We're saying selective selective eating. eating. I know. I say, do not label your child. I, I mean, I try and not be judgmental and I try and be really open. But when parent, actually this happened yesterday at the farmer's market, I had a parent say in front of his kid, she's so picky. She won't eat anything. Um, and I was like, no, she's not P-I-C-K-Y. <laughs> she's selective. Yeah. And, she, you know, um, 
because the, the developmental milestone is that, that toddlers become neophobic, which is they have the, a distrust of the new. So coming back to why it's so important to give your child variety in the beginning is that you want them to be exposed to a variety of cuisines, spices, herbs, food, textures, everything, so that it becomes familiar. Mm. So when they go into this neophobic stage, distrust of the new, these foods aren't new. They're familiar. Mm. So when, well, you know, when parents know. say to me... I'm about to get some curry up in this house right now because I feel like he hasn't had... You were saying it and I was like, oh, God, I used to eat so much of that when I was pregnant. But I really haven't given him any. What the hell? So, yeah, when parents... <laughs> well, it's not a big takeout toy. I love right. Indian food and Adam doesn't. So it's like, oh, we never postmate that. But, like, guess what? <laughs> Today's a new day. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Dearest listener, in a world where fashion oft neglects the true diversity of the human form, Snag emerges as the beacon of inclusivity we so desperately need, renowned for their exquisite tights. Snag has triumphantly expanded its offerings to include garments that embrace everybody. Snag's creations are meticulously designed on a lifelike figures and refined across a spectrum 
spectrum of shapes before gracing our wardrobes. Clothing that not only promises, but delivers true comfort and fit. Particularly of note are the Chub Rub Shorts, ingeniously crafted with a moisture-wicking yarn to ensure you remain at least one degree cooler and entirely free from the dreaded chafing. Perfect for every season. These shorts can be discreetly worn under your clothes, offering a delightful alternative to traditional cycling shorts. Whether you are at the gym, hiking, or simply enjoying a day in a skirt or dress, they are your ideal companion. Remember, dear listener, the more you snag, the more you save, with free shipping on select orders. Don't delay in experiencing the fashion revolution that is snag at snagtights.us. Oh, this was a question I was dying to ask. Okay, so I love this compartment plate idea. Here's what my son does. He doesn't like it, flings it on the floor. Guess what happens? The dog eats it. The dog gets diarrhea. It's a whole (laughs) shit show. My kid is a big flinger of food. Okay. He's a big arm thrower. He loves to throw stuff. Balls, dolls, toys, food. I'll put the food down. If he's into it, he will eat it. If he's not into it, he's flinging it on the floor. So our problem with the compartment plate is that it just ends up being a lot of shit to clean up. And you know kids, like he eats... Oh, that's another question I wanted to ask you is how many meals a day are you doing one? But also, what do you think about my husband, which is he literally puts one thing on his plate. Is that just like insane? What complex and future problem are we creating (laughs) So coming back to the, the those plates that I was talking about, he may be too young for that. You you may I mean at this point even just putting a few things out on That's his tray is yeah. perfect. Okay, great. I mean I'm just talking about Ooh. as a parent like forcing yourself to keep the variety there yes. and you know the colors no, of the we'll rainbow put, there. Like three or four things down yeah. so that he only flings three or four. Things. So question. <laughs> That's the place he's at. So if does this happen at every meal? No. Okay. No. So. When are you feeding him? Are you feeding him at the same time every day? Are you feeding him? Because if he's ravenous, does he still do that? No. So basically what will happen is breakfast, always a dream. Okay. So great. Not that much food flinging. At the end, there might be food flinging, which is like when he's done, (laughs) which is really not probably great that I know he's done when he's food flinging. Um, Breakfast will always go off. Mm -hmm. A lot of times... I give him most days three meals and two snacks because what I'll do is like he'll have breakfast and then he'll go down for a nap. When he wakes up from a nap, he'll have a little snack of like some grapes or half a clementine Mm. or, you know, something like that. That he'll always – fruit, crush. Crush anything fruit. Mm -hmm. He's never going to fling that on the floor. Lunch, he might fling some of that. Snack after his second nap, he probably won't. And then later, as we go in the day, it's dinner. It's t- it's usually the witching hour, five thirty ish, five o'clock dinner. That like some of that that's being flung. He's tired. He's pissed. It's witching hour, and so it's a lot of think I think is temperament or whatever. But what time does he go down for the night? Seven. So that's good. I mean, that you could have you have you tried bringing the meal earlier in the day. I know I should do that. Well, because the other thing is, there are or a lot like of skip parents. that snack, and and really, what I could do is, and so if he wakes up from his second nap at four o'clock, give him a a bigger snack then that's like a dinner, you know, with mm-hmm. the proteins and stuff like that. And then the five thirty is more like a dessert, not dessert, but yeah, in my mind, it's snack. like a smaller yeah. snack of like. Well, it's so interesting because a lot of parents will give their. Uh, their baby's dinner right before bedtime, you know, like 5.36, and then they do the bedtime routine and put their, their 
bed to kid and I'm like I don't really want to eat dinner and then immediately go to bed like you should be should be kind of like a few hours before no yeah you know so maybe bringing it earlier I'm gonna try that yeah dude I'm gonna really try that try it try it and see because I think I mean obviously when he's the most hungry is when he does well um well but see this is the other thing it's like wow food is so it's so wrapped up with you're a good boy you're a bad boy type of stuff and I think it's also like for example I'm going on um I'm gonna see my family over the holidays um and I'm cool with him not eating everything on the plate I'm cool with when he's experimenting and flinging food across the thing I'm like he's one whatever some of the older school people in my family think that that is a very bad way to mother. Mm-hmm. And so it's very interesting. You know what I mean? Like they think that I don't have control over my kid or that's really bad manners or, you know, that's waste. You know, that's wasting money. That's wasting food. There are people starving in the world, things like that. So I really have to like put on my like mommy muscle t-shirt and just like stick to my, well, this is what we do. Do you know what I mean? Cause Absolutely. I want him to have like a really, healthy relationship with food and I don't want him to ever think I'm forcing him or oh that was something I want to talk about too was, I think it's also really hard with partners mm-hmm. you know that like I could my husband would get really stressed out when he would fling food on the floor and like would try to put stuff in his mouth not forcefully at all but like put stuff in his mouth and I had to really have like a sort of you know you pick your battles in a relationship but it was big for me and I had to really sit down with my husband and say I don't ever want you to put food in his mouth if he's making it very clear that he doesn't want it. I don't want that. But I bet that that's really hard for some people. I think I think it comes down to And it to gets just... frustrating. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've gotten, you know, when you're down on the floor picking up your sixth yes. fucking meal of the day and you're yes. exhausted, you're like, yes. you know, we're done. Yeah. I also think people probably get really stressed out that if you don't eat, then you're going to be hungry and then you're not going to sleep. Yes. Um, is that true? Because that's me talking. Well, <laughs> I feel that. I, yeah, yeah. No, I'm like, I oh my god, we only way. had like the smallest dinner ever, and like now he's going to be up at four o'clock in the morning because his stomach's going to wake him up. Like what? I mean, so so I actually had this conversation yesterday with a mum at the market, and she was saying, "Oh, my kid's so picky at the moment, and I just keep giving him the same thing that he wants, and then at least he'll eat, and I know that he's not going to wake up." And in my head, I'm thinking, you know, how is that going to change? the situation you're in. I mean, you're reinforcing, you know, this, this difficult time and picky eating, as I said, it's a developmental milestone, but the duration and the strength of that pickiness is really going to depend on how you react to it, Oh, you know? So, um, it can be pretty short lived, um, um, and pretty easy if you just, take a back seat kind of an approach rather than labeling, um, catering to, you know, and becoming a short order cook, um, calling them good, bad, like you're a good eater. Oh, he was a bad eater today. Things like that. This then becomes identity shaping. I already feel in myself and admitting my own problems. My son is small on the Mm -hmm. charts, you know, like, you know, third percentile in height and 17th percentile in weight. So I'm always like, oh yeah, it's fine. Give him more of that crap. Like fill him up. You know what I mean? Like he's little. He's a little. He's a little guy. He's a little dude. So like 
yeah, more dairy, more, you know what I mean? Like I already feel that in my, um, my subconscious, like I'm doing that. It's wild. Mm -hmm. And then I have friends who have really big babies who, you know, they cut them off. I mean, it's real. I mean, food is like I'm saying, it's really, it's an interesting thing. So here's the thing on that. Um, Even as a baby, even right from the start, babies can monitor their own sense of hunger and fullness. Like I was saying, Um, if a baby doesn't open their mouth to receive a spoon of food from you, your baby's saying no. Yeah. Hello. You know? Yeah. Um, So, you know, don't shove that spoon in your baby's mouth, you know, because like I said, like this is about creating a healthy relationship with food. Nobody enjoys being force fed. No. Not, you know, so. Can we talk about the idea of food as rewards? Mm -hmm. This was big on my husband and I growing up and I, and we fight it to this day. And, And I know this is a real thing because my husband and I similarly like, you got an A, get in the car, we're going for ice cream you know what, you didn't get into that school, the whole family is going out mm-hmm. for like, you know, TGI Fridays, mozzarella sticks are your favorite food. I mean, this is literally mm-hmm. like memories we have. And when you're an actor, every day is like, you booked it. Yeah, 3,700 drinks. Let's have like ice cream and go out to a movie and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, crap. You didn't get it. You didn't get the part. Well, let's just like, drink and eat some garbage like whatever my husband and I are very reward based we were Mm -hmm. raised that way and we are like always having conversations how we don't want that for Albie Mm -hmm. oof I I um and people must tempt with food like if you go Mm -hmm. pee pee on the potty Mm -hmm. you're gonna get an M&M so so, like that one's a a a really good one for me to just like come out and say like please don't do that (laughs) (laughs) um don't use food as a reward I re- I'm trying to remember, I think it's um, uh, Cynthia Epps, another great resource, and mm-hmm. I'll send you her uh, website. And I think it's her, forgive me if it's not, she's awesome anyway. But um, what I read about is how, we, you know, when you put snacks out, one day you'll put out, you know, crudite, like, ca- you know, mm-hmm. chopped up carrots sure. and uh, cucumbers and such. The next day, a bowl of cookies, choc chip cookies. The next day, fruit. Make it so that it's not hands-off. You know, to make something um, hands-off or only special occasion food makes it special, makes it unattainable, like puts this like gold light around it. Mm. Whereas if it's accessible and it's just something else that you can have on occasion, you're creating a much more even playing field when it comes with your, your child's relationship with different kinds of food. So... Coming back to what is the job of a parent? The job of a parent is not to feed your child. It is not to make your child eat. Sorry, I'm going to say that again. Mm. The job of a parent is not to make your child eat. The job, your job as a parent is to offer healthy options. So you're deciding the when and the where. Your child is deciding the whether and the how much. That's the differentiation of who's in control. Who's in control. Mm. So I know my job is just to to make sure that my child has Has these options options, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to trust my child to decide whether they eat and how much of it. Um, And so with reward food, you know, if like we, where I'm very health conscious and I love healthy food, I love it. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not just, I don't just do it because for a fun, you know, functional yeah. reasons. I really love healthy food. Um, 
So mostly my child, like her sweets are things like dried fruit, um, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Um, But when we're out in the world and occasionally at home, when there's food that other children are eating that is like cake, chocolate, cake, ice cream, stuff like that, I always say yes because I don't want her to feel like other people can have something that's off limits to her. So yeah, I in inside I'm like, ugh, you know, I'd prefer she didn't yeah, have that Yeah, but that's that so great because I used to but... babysit for a family that was like vegan, um, the kids were vegan and no sugar in the household mm-hmm. and things like that. And when the birthday started, the birthday party started rolling out, I mean, holy shit. I didn't know what to do. I mean, mm-hmm. like the kids are like screaming for hot dogs and like mm-hmm. and the birthday cake and they're showing up at home like smeared with icing all over their face and it's my fault, but it's like what was I going to do? I mean, yeah. it's really hard, but the kids yeah. were never given it and yeah. and it's they became obsessed. Yeah. And you have to see it from their perspective. Like what emotionally is going on with their mind when they see other children having fun eating and enjoying something? And they themselves are not allowed it. Yeah. It's it's even though we we think in our minds we're doing it for the right reasons, it's healthy, where we don't want them to have cavities or whatever it is, they're not reading it that way. They're saying, Why this is unfair. Like mm. why can't I? And then later in life, it this the, the f- switch flips, you know, they're like, suddenly I can have all this food, I'm out in the world, and then they don't have these skills to monitor you know, the amount they eat of these off-limit foods, you know? Sure. Um, Do you ever find, like, since I'm about to be with all family and things like that, how you talk about your family's food choices with others? Like, like, I think it's Mm going to be really interesting, like, how you stay strong in your goals and your relationship with food Mm -hmm. with your kids. Or, like you said, you're out at a birthday party and other people have other things that feel other ways than you do. That's an interesting one. I mean, we're, we're about to go and be with family as well. Um, I think, you know, for me personally, that shift of sort of speaking up for myself, um, for my daughter really became very strong when I gave birth to her because your preferences are your preferences. And ultimately, who gives a shit if other people agree or disagree? What's most important is that you're doing what's right by you and your child. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I really try, I mean, my family's pretty health conscious and pretty cool that way. So, I mean, I'm, they that's still why comment. you're so cool. No, oh, that's very sweet. <laughs> Keep the compliments coming. Um, no, but I'll, I mean, my nephews eat way more, um, processed food than my daughter does. My sister's like really hands off, like whatever goes, mm-hmm. um, we're going away. And I just am going to take deep breaths and let her in those moments have a really great time. Because ultimately I feel like, you know, food brings, food is so much more than just like for nutrition. It like brings people joy, together. It's joy, it's memories. Of course. Um, and so I feel no, like my that's freaking, like the, uh, Every single photo we took over Thanksgiving with my son, he's holding what's called a grandma cookie, which is in my 
husband's side of the family. It's a recipe that's been handed down by four grandmas. It's her great 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 grandma Lena's cookie recipe. It's a shortbread cookie. And it mm. means so much to his grandmas that he loves the cookie. And it's like he had to not cry in all of these photos. And so I kept giving him grandma cookies. <laughs> and they loved that he was eating the grandma cookies in the photos. And I was like, wow, I think you've had five cookies today. And now you're not going to eat anything of value. But mm-hmm. whatever. It brought joy to everyone, including him. So it was like, what are you going to do? At least it was homemade with mm-hmm. like whole ingredients and that's what I knew. (laughs) When I actually studied nutrition in Australia and I remember one of my uh, teachers talking about, and she was like vegan, super clean, all of that stuff. And I remember her saying that on her birthday, her kid, her two kids who had saved up their pocket money had gone to buy her a box of um, uh, uh, burger rings. Do you have them here? No, what what are are they? they're um, Onion rings? No, no, they're, they're, I think they're Australian. Oh, yeah. They're kind of like Cheetos, but that you can fit them on your finger and eat them. Wow. Do you have that? No. No? Okay, burger rings. Anyway, um, so she said it was her birthday. Her kids ran into her room with this wrapped up gift glowing, like so excited. They've been saving up for this present on her birthday. So she opens it up and there is this big box of burger rings, which not in her life would she usually eat, you know, ever. And she said she looked at the box of burger rings and she looked at her children's face and she said, this is soul food. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to open it. I'm going to enjoy it for breakfast with my children. Great. And it's going to fill my soul and it's going to make them feel happy and it's going to make me feel happy. And I think ultimately, if we remember that food plays such an important part in our social lives and in mm-hmm. our family lives that, you know, and it is so much more than just have, having a function, mm-hmm. um, I think if we can keep that in the forefront of our minds. I love that. Um, What is your advice for parents who are starting on their food journey with their child? If you had to say anything, I guess, to your younger, your, your, your transitioning into solid food mom self. I would say um, that the most important thing to remember is that between the ages of six months, and 12 months of age, there is a time called the flavor window. And that is that a baby is more open than at any other stage in their life of trying new things. So taste, texture, spices, herbs, sweet, um, sour. So have fun, you know, use this time within reason, of course, to expose your child to foods that you yourself wouldn't necessarily cook in your home. so that you are really opening and beginning your child's journey, culinary journey through life, you know? So cool so, think about it like that. Yeah, so have fun. It's, if you feel good about it, they're going to feel good about it. Um, yeah, herbs mm. and spices. Herbs and spices. I love herbs that. You are, this is so informative. I learned so much. So did Roger. You can hear him barking. <laughs> Roger says, I love... Albie's food just as much as Albie does when he flings it on the floor. (laughs) Talia, thank you so much. We're going to put links to the books you said um, and links to Tummy Time. You guys, this is so helpful and eye-opening, and I wish I had spoken to you a year ago. But hey, better late than never. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on Katie's Crib. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to Katie's Crib. And be sure to check out Shondaland.com where you can find every episode of Katie's Crib. And we've got crib notes for each episode where you can find out more about our guests and links to some of the resources we talk about on the podcast. And last but not least, subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, basically like wherever you get your podcasts. 